Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to Wine Times, the podcast brought to you in association with the Sunday Times Wine Club with me, Mikita Oliver. And me, Will Lyons, the Sunday Times Wine Columnist and Vice President of the Sunday Times Wine Club. And this show, Will, is quite fantastically all about wine. Red, white, rosé, sparkling. Italian, French, Australian, South African. And all the rest. That's right. This series, we're going to be tasting our way through those tannins, which you're going to explain to me what that means later on. I I will. Because I really don't know. (laughs) And we won't be doing it alone. No, not at all. Who do we have, Will? Oh, you can't do it alone. So no, so every episode, we'll be joined by a well-known guest for some good wine, good times and good conversation. This is like so much fun. (laughs) (laughs) And remember, the wines featured in this episode and all others are available through the Sunday Times Wine Club. If you haven't signed up yet, there'll be a link in the episode description for you. I mean, I love them. They sent me a huge case of wine already. So I love them. So whether you're an expert with a broad palate or you just tend to stick to the house stuff. In this show, you're sure to find something that will suit your taste. We're here in the wonderful Wadadley kitchen. It's beautiful. It's just beside the River Lee in London's Hackneywick. It's owned by the incredible, vivacious, stunning, talented broadcaster and chef, Andy Oliver, who is a wonderful woman. She's also my mother. Yes, she's my mother. <laughs> Sipping and singing with Mikita and myself today for our fabulous Christmas special is the musician and broadcaster Jamie Cullum. You will all recognise his voice and his jazz show on Radio 2. He was first acknowledged at the British Jazz Awards in 2003, winning their Rising Star Award, and has gone on to win multiple nominations at the Brit Awards, the Grammy Awards and the Golden Globes. But to get us all in the Christmas spirit, he has also just re-released his ninth studio album called The Piano Man at Christmas – with new songs and all of our favourite classic Christmas tunes. Jamie Cullen, my old friend, hello. Hi, Makita, how are so you? So nice to see you. You too, yeah. It's been a long time. It's always time. great to meet over a microphone. Yeah, yeah, of, yeah, like, this you know. is how we like to reconnect. Will, I've known Jamie since I was 20 years old. Brilliant. And uh, I don't think we did much posh wine drinking. 
No, we didn't. Okay. okay. <laughs> I would say I would say zero posh wine drinking. Actually, negative some drinking, zero. Some yeah. drinking. Some. No posh wine. A little bit. No posh wine. But today, this is all about wine. How much do you really know about wine, or do you just like to drink? I am um, definitely past the point in my life where I pretend that I know a lot about something I don't know anything about. But I have been exposed to really nice wine through the kind of nature of my career. Yeah. Uh, particularly playing in jazz, you go to some, visit some amazing places. So I've drunk some amazing, amazing wine, mm. but my knowledge uh, is, is, is gratefully willing to be fulfilled. And that's why I'm really excited to be here, actually. But can you remember the, the greatest wine you've had or, or, or a moment? Yeah, I can, I, can remember, I can remember probably two. And I think situation has a lot to do with it. But um, I play at a festival um, in Vienne in France, which yes. is near where, uh, yeah. Condrieu. Yeah. Uh, so I had a Condria uh, there, which I, I remember just thinking well, on the vineyard, which yeah. was just a, a fine moment. And I had an amazing wine in Napa. I had no yeah. idea how delicious uh, a Napa Valley wine could be. I tried this Rothschild Opus One yes. Red, which Oof. was uh, was a, was a, was like a heart. I was a heart stopper. And, and it's as I think we've been talking about on this series. It's the texture of it, isn't it, that gets you the the, the sort of mouthfeel you put it in, and yes. it's almost like velvet, but it's. I use the analogy of, it, but it, it can be as light as silk. Yes, and then the concentration. That's a that's a beautiful way to describe it, and I I, I do, I do feel like it is something that you, th- that I didn't think I would be able to really recognise until I until I until I tried one. Yeah. No one was explaining it to me. It's like it was like having a. I, I liken that wine that I tried, the Napa Valley one, to uh, the first time I heard what my favourite album of all time. Uh, in Rainbows by Radiohead on really good yeah. headphones. Mm. Yes, I could hear everything. I could hear every little article mm. uh, in this wine that I didn't know was there. This is what we've been discussing. This is literally it? what we've learned. And, and I'd be saying so. It, exactly that. If, uh, it's, it's like classical music or great music. Put on Bowers and Wilkins headphones. Mm. Really concentrate, and someone explains it to they you. Their sponsor. It's a no. <laughs> it's the same with. They might the be now. It could be. Could be after no, this. No, 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 they're just the ones I I have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now we've decked it out all Christmassy for you, Jamie, which yeah, is which is saying something. Usually, there's not even a candle. That's <laughs> um, really nice. What does what was Christmas in the Cullum household like? Tell me everything. <laughs> Well, I, I've come to understand Christmas a little bit better now in, in the context of my family because um, it was kind of excessively British. Queen's speech, turkey, the kind of thing that you would expect of a British family, despite the fact that it turns out we weren't remotely British. I was going to say, your mother's Burmese. Exactly. <laughs> my, my, yeah, exactly. Burmese, Indian. My dad was born in Jerusalem. But I think that's because... They all came over here and needed to be as British as quickly as they possibly can, mm. and that yeah. kind of extended to our our Christmases. Yeah, mm. so it was very, you know, you know, we did stockings and presents, and I'm lucky to remember Christmas as a happy, chaotic affair. Lots mm. of family, um, you know, things in and out of the oven. Queen's speech, falling asleep in the See, afternoon. It's nice that the Queen's speech gives the structure to the day, doesn't it? It does because you <laughs> kind of need a structure. <laughs> We always go to church, but I do like, you can time it round the, you know, do you eat before the Queen's speech or afterwards? It's always a big debate. Do you have a walk after your Christmas meal? No, we don't. Well, we're, we're, because ours tends to go on and on. <laughs> Just and then, the And then we have presents. So we do presents that we do the stocking at the beginning. Yes. And then the big present session after the meal. Oh, that's interesting. Now, yeah. how, you have kids? Yeah, I've got one. How yeah. old is your... He's eight. And he waits till after. You know, he's really good. Wow. He's unbelievable. So he, but, but also last year, he waited throughout the week. So people said, you know, you've got so much presence. And I think you should open some on Boxing Day. I feel like I he's like a child protection. <laughs> Who is this? You wait, wait a week. 
That was amazing. So, and you have daughters. I do. Yeah. You have two daughters. Two daughters, oh, yeah. Jamie, you're a dad. I'm a dad. They're eight and ten. Oh I mean, they're goodness. like, they're fully fledged humans. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And, and mm. how much do they love Christmas? Do you have to really, you and your beautiful wife, Sophie, do you have to really go in because of the girls? Um, do you know, I think it definitely reinvents Christmas for you. Uh, but I think Christmas changes when you become the one that hosts. Yes, that's the, that's the real moment where you're not, you're not going somewhere to Christmas just decompress. You are inviting the chaos into your house uh, and you want it to go well. I mean, look, I, don't, I, I don't think we put too much pressure on ourselves, but yeah, they love, they love Christmas. But actually what's really nice about kids and our kids, but I noticed with kids that they really start to understand at that age how fun it is to give presents to people. Oh. They can't wait for you to open yeah. the thing they've got at their Christmas fair for you, which is hilarious but yeah. they're like they're so excited yeah. like do you like cheer. it I know exactly yeah. which I, re- I, re- I really love that and um, it's quite corny all that the meaning of Christmas but I think we missed it so much of it last year Yeah. and I love that feeling of a, a table that's too small with lots of people around it and too much food just that if you're lucky to have that and it feels more precious than ever this year I reckon uh, but when was the first time you hosted Cause it, because it is a panic isn't it the first time we hosted I remember getting up and writing a timetable yeah, it's a real it's a watershed moment, yeah, isn't it? And it you, you realise that suddenly you kind of panic about it. So, oh, it's just a big roast. It is not <laughs> just a big roast. No. It's, it's, it's lots not. Of things. And wine is wine important in the Cullum Christmas household now? It is important. Yeah, mm-hmm. of course yeah. it is. Of course, of course it is. it's important. I think it, it, it is the it's either the beginning or a great compliment to an to an amazing meal and. Sophie's the one you should be interviewing about wine. She, really? she knows. She Did knows. She knows. She knows. You got. You got the wrong. Got but, but we don't really. We're not really a two for one affair. But um, <laughs> no. so I rely a lot on on her. But um, you know, as I said, I've gathered little bits of information over the years. So I have saved. Uh, um, a couple of really nice contrières for for Christmas Day. Oh, yeah, nice. yeah. Is that a good so Christmas? the great yeah. vi- the, 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 the great variety is Viognier. And as we were talking about earlier, it's a slight apricot character, yeah. isn't there? And Vienne can get very hot in the summer. So w- w- when, w- when do you do your festival there? Yes, it would be in, uh, it's the earlier part of summer. I mean, it's one yes, of the hottest yeah. places in the world, yeah. I think, yeah. you know. But it's beautiful, that sort of, all that Roman architecture. And yeah, and uh, the, the festival happens in one of the amphitheatres as well. Oh, wow. so it's, a real, it's a real heart stop. And that's place. like the beginning of the south, isn't it? Yeah. So you know, when, once you go down there, you go down the Rhone Valley get to Provence and Avignon. And Where are we starting today, Will? Well, we're going to start with, so if we're thinking about traditional Christmases, mm. uh, I suppose a really traditional, you might go to church and then you would, I always think of the gravel, you know, and then you get home. <laughs> I don't know why I think Will of that. Will really paints <laughs> a picture, by the way. Get <laughs> sort of the, the gravel path. And then it's a cold day, so you have to have bubbles. Yeah. And usually you probably have champagne, but I always like to find, well, what we do in the Sunday time is we try and get wines that really punch above their weight in terms of taste and flavour. And the big wine that everyone's talking about at the moment is Cremont. So you've had, um, you know, the big Prosecco boom. And Cremont's just a, a sort of, a much more, should I say, affordable champagne. But we, let's see what you think. So we're in the south. I'm excited for you to win me over with bubbles, yeah, actually. Yeah, well, we'll see if we, if we can. So you're not a huge fan of fizz? Um, I can be. It depends. It depends. Um, but uh, I, I tend to like... I've, I probably like Prosecco more than I like Champagne. Yeah, yeah. Yes, we've had, we've had a lot of that. And like, I think I've heard a lot of people discuss Cremont. Yeah. And, I was just, and I was wondering so, where it lay in that table. So th- th- this is actually from the uh, Lemus. So we're down near Carcassonne, so we're in the south. Right. And Mikita knows that I love 
Oh, oh, look at that! Awesome, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the, the, the trick is, is you you actually should should, should um, uh, take the fall off, but you twist, you hold the cork and you twist the bottle. Mm. It's really, it's really, really quite evocative the way you did it, it in general, <laughs> actually. So if this was our Christmas day and I'm having it with Will Lyons and Jamie Cullum, fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, we this is how we'd start the day. We've been to church. Yeah, we've, we've we've been divorced, and so we've, we've been made friends, divorced. and we're just yeah, enjoying. Yeah, Christmas I mean, yeah, I would be but just to keep me happy, yeah, exactly. to keep the kid happy. <laughs> I would be so boring. And just do smoked salmon on bread. Oh, I really would. Bit of good butter. And, you could, and also, you could do that in the morning. So you could do that before you go to church. That sounds or good. Or even the night before. So it's easy. Keep it simple, as you know, because it's chaotic. So the but, but I was going to say because um, I talk a lot of bit, well, uh, quite a lot about history on this podcast. Mm. And Lemu has a claim Ooh. to be the oldest, or well, the, the first place in the world where they made sparkling wine. So although we talked about Dom Perignon up in Champagne, and we told the wonderful story that Don Perignon was a monk, that he was the first viticulturalist mm. at the Abbey of Aie, and he was the one that, that wrote the first book on viticulture. So if you think about jazz, he was like the first guy that actually recorded it. And then he, um, he was experimenting by putting sugar and molasses into still wine, because the still wines of, of, um, of, of Champagne were quite tart. Mm-hmm. And the story goes, he went down to the cellar, but the bottles are exploding because you get a secondary fermentation. And he said, come quickly for I'm tasting the stars. Oh. But, but I, I once it. told that story on a, a liner, on, on, on a Cunard ship. I was being a, 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 a wine guest speaker and somebody yelled out from the audience, what about the Lemu? And I slightly brushed it off. I was like, what is he talking about, Lemu? And of course, the Lemu that is first mentioned in 1544 wow. that they made sparkling wine. It's just a tiny Appalachian. God, that's amazing. Um, they make about 5 million bottles a year. But the great thing is, it's oak fermented. So you get this biscuity. Can I? Can yeah, I of course you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah let's do it. Oh, I actually mm. really like that. Mm. Oh, yeah, he spits. Oh, he? I mean, yeah, sometimes I spit, but I haven't seen Jamie in a while, so... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm not here to spit. <laughs> because I think um, around the time of Dom Perignon... So we're talking about... So le, there's evidence that Lemu made wine, sparkling wine, in 1544. Dom Perignon, 16, 1600, the late 1600s. England, a chap called Christopher Merritt, who was born in Winchcombe in Gloucestershire... And this was only unearthed a few years ago. In 1662, on the 17th of December, so around about Christmas, he presented a paper on winemaking to the newly formed Royal Society, Christopher Merritt, in which he says, if you add sugar and molasses to white wine, you make a wine that is brisk and sparkling. Now, when this was discovered by a very famous champagne author called Tom Stevenson, it sent sort of shockwaves across France, because all of a sudden an Englishman is laying claim to making sparkling wine. So I think oh. you know, the, the actual reality is it was always happening all over Europe. Can we claim it? Well, we, we have a good go. Benedict yeah. Cumberbatch plays the lead. Yes, good then casting. I think, yeah. You have a race. So who plays Don Perignon? Who plays Christopher Merritt? Oh. And, you, have the, and you can also have the three musketeers. Should we Ben Kingsley in the Don Perignon Oh, I quite role. like that. Yeah, do I, no, I don't act. Oh, wait but you can have a cameo. Could I have a cameo? Like he Ed Sheeran in, in Lord of the Rings or something, yeah. No, no, he was in well, one of those things, wasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> no, he was in the one about the Beatles. He was in, like, Harry Potter, he played himself, he? didn't he? No, no, no. Ed Sheeran did a cameo in, like, Game of Thrones. I'm sure of it. Was it Game of Thrones? Am I wow, making this no, up? It's, yes, it's, it's not. It's true. I haven't even seen Game of Thrones, but <laughs> I know, know that. that I know that. But I love cameos. I love, I love all-star casts, which they don't seem to do anymore. Jamie, um, do you remember when you first started drinking wine? 
Were you one of those kids who got a little bit at Christmas from your parents? Um, I, 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 my parents weren't weird about it, so I no, that, I, I remember like getting to taste. I remember the, the first like alcohol I had was I got to have shandy with our with our Saturday yeah, yeah. Chinese <laughs> from Chippenham. <laughs> I always remember that. Shandy's uh, quite a sh- strong shandy. start. Probably wasn't even exactly. alcoholic, was it? Well, it it, I definitely remember loving the taste of a shandy, but yeah. um, the I remember it was the first like really nice holiday we went on as a family, or like a broad, a broad holiday we went on, and I would have been about thirteen or fourteen, and we went to um, we went to a, like a villa in Tuscany, um, and I remember it was like a hotel, hotel that was in in a villa, and um, there were lots of other families there, but the eating was like the main event, yeah, and yeah. it's the first time I really remember eating with and and understanding how delicious food could be and how how much of a ceremony it could be and that's where I tried I tried a couple of um uh, I would have had a, a Tuscan uh, yeah, I'm just trying to think Tuscan. it would have been a um Sangiovese uh, no Chianti yeah, that's yeah. right of course that's yeah. exactly oh my what God, it would I have been I love Chianti is that Tuscan yeah and mm. I remember the first time the first time that the, the waiter he, he came over and, and naturally poured me a glass and I could see I could see whether my I wasn't, wasn't sure what my parents were gonna yeah. let me not but actually I did have some and the combination of it with the food it, I definitely remember that holiday being like a kind of food yeah, yeah. Awakening, and it was around the time I was starting to really read a lot, and I was starting to get into girls. Do you know what? I've always looked like <laughs> eight years old for such a long time. It was like I was obviously into girls, but they were literally like, <laughs> who, who is this person barely out of the womb that is is coming up to this me? Child you know, exactly. on me? Uh, so <laughs> it was, um, uh, it was, it was more. I think just I was being awakened to just like books and art and music, and it was just I was getting interested in stuff that I didn't necessarily feel like a lot of other people around me were getting yeah. into. It was like a private world of all the cliches that kids that age can get into, like Kerouac and yeah. Hemingway and you know, weird films. Yeah, I was just, just really getting into it and, and starting to love jazz through listening to, you know, all the hip-hop I was listening to yeah. using jazz and stuff. And no, I totally, I, I completely all came at the same, the same kind of, the same kind of year. It's what Stephen Fry said, you, you, you open a book and it t- just takes you on your own private journey, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. And I think wine, as we've said, it um, a lot of people discuss how it unlocks a part of you, and mm. it makes you sort of think bigger and yeah. think about the world. And you know. uh, yeah, because I, I your taste that. and smell is 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 linked to the um, limbic system, which is also long term memory and emotion. So, like listening to a beautiful piece of um, uh, music, you have that same sort of stirring of the souls and also and then it releases these long-term memories I, I understand that and I think also the the thing I'm, I've become more and more aware of as I've gotten older is that like wine like a, a, a beautifully made wine when you taste it you're tasting thousands of years of, of developed expertise yes and hundreds and hundreds of hours of the expertise of the individual that's made it and yeah. I think you're, you're tasting the, the the summation of all that, and uh, it's like listening to to music. You're you're yes. taking in hundreds of years of culture, and again, the amount of hours someone has sat down to get good at what they do, yeah. expertise. You can kind of taste it if you really yeah, think yeah. about it, and you have a bit of knowledge as well. So if you think about champagne, it's you know three hundred years. I exactly. always say that about the great Bordeaux chateaus, is that you know they have a track record that is over 200 years old. Yeah. Every year they have produced a wine of exceptional quality or, or very high quality. And you can't buy that. Thank you.
Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Wine Times in association with the Sunday Times Wine Club. Remember, the wines featured in this episode and all others are available through the Sunday Times Wine Club. If you haven't signed up yet, there'll be a link in the episode description for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Will, where are we going next? Well, we're going to... So it's Christmas Day. So I think there's two approaches to Christmas. Um, You can either go sort of new world or off-piste, or you can be very classic. And I think today we're we're, we're being very classic. Oh, good. And there is (laughs) Because I like that. Classical wine in the world than white Burgundy. Oh, lovely. So we're going to the, you know, and in Burgundy, every department of, you know, gastronomy flourishes. Um, so we're in the east of France. I always like to sort of paint a picture for the for the, 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 those listening that haven't been there. So to get there today, we go to St Pancras. We get the, you know, the um, the Eurostar to Paris. We might have a a night in Paris. Get a Woody's wine bar or. Uh, <laughs> No, it just sounds like such a great date. I'm like, let's do this. Exactly. Um, there is a Willie's Wine Bar, owned by Mark Williamson, and it has a great list. Whereabouts is it in Paris? It's just off, um, I would say this, do, do you know where the Louvre is? Yeah. So it's about oh, 15 minutes walk, no, not even that, 10 minutes walk from there. Brilliant. And it's owned by Mark Williamson, who, who's a Brit. And is it the place you can, you can go in and they can, they can look yeah. after you? And, they, and, they, and, yeah. and especially, they specialise in wines from the Rhone Valley. Right. So they would have your conduit there. Right. Ooh. Yeah. And it's, and it's great. And then we will go to Garde Lyon the next day. And there's a really sort of, it's almost like a Disneyland restaurant. You've probably been there called Le Trampleur. It, it, it is authentic. The Disney a, version of a Paris It's a huge, pa- you know, um, yeah. Um, what's it? Be My Guest in that. Uh, oh, in uh, a, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, it's yeah, a bit it's like, like that. that. Yeah. And um, they do a steak tartare there. Hmm. And if you go in with your suitcase and you say, look, I've literally got 25 minutes, they will do it in 25 minutes, bring you a glass, mm, and then you can step down and you can see the TGV. Then we get the TGV, having had your glass of Sancerre. So steak tartare, you want white wine, not red wine, mm. but bizarrely. And they do it on the trolley with all the spices. Oh, God, yeah. And then well, you can get we, down. Can we, can we <coughs> go I'm after this? I'm afraid none of this is coming. <laughs> <laughs> it's really sad. Sad it's not on the way. Yeah. And then we get the TGV, which are quite boring trains, actually. They're a bit like being going on an aeroplane. And that goes down to Dijon. 
but you switch over at Dijon. You might have about 10 minutes. There's nothing at Dijon Station. And it is the most then, for a wine lover, it's one of the most magical train journeys in the world. Because mm. it's a little local train, so the train's not special. But it cuts through the vineyards. And on the sign, it says, Gevry Chambretin, Vergeau, Nuit Saint-Georges, Bone, Merceau. And then we get off. And th- th- this is down in the south. It's in the Macron. So let me pour it out. Yeah, goodness. And, and a Burgundy, you say, it, what did you say? It's um, it's Chardonnay. So there's only two grapes in Burgundy. Chardonnay for white oh. and Pinot Noir for red. There's also an Aligote, a tiny bit that we tasted in our first one. Oh, and it's just a very. Th- th- this is like. Um, tell me about Mousseau afterwards before I forget as well, because that's definitely a, a, yeah. a, a, so, a name of wine I've enjoyed. So in France, th- th- they believe that the that the wine takes its flavour from the field, f- from the um, the vineyard. So th- they put on the on the label, n- not that it's Chardonnay, that that it's from the village. So you have the producer, the vineyard, and the village, and the three main villages are Pouligny Morichet, Sassania Morichet, and Merceau. And Merceau is the one with that really creamy, mm. buttery, sort of rich character. Yeah, oh. that's, exa- that's exactly how yeah. I would describe it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like and it's buttery. one of the most expensive wines in the world. Now, this oh. is the mackerel. Here we go. Go. <laughs> <laughs> mm. That was really unexpected, the taste it's of that. It's buttery, isn't it? Yeah, it's got a buttery thing to it as well. Yeah. And you can, almost the, caramel. Do you know what's so nice mm. about this? It's mm. quite a... So this sounds really sort of, it's quite a versatile wine. You could drink that throughout the whole day at Christmas. Because you can start with, <laughs> you can start with smoked salmon. And then have it with your turkey, because it's white meat. Yeah. As long as you've lined the stomach with smoked yeah. salmon, everything yeah. will be fine. And then you can <laughs> have it with your cheese board. Yeah, exactly. Um, probably not with the pudding, but you know, with your cheese board. And then when the kids are opening the, the presents, or giving you the present, you, yeah. you can still drink. Yeah. Um, and I want to talk about um, your wife, because you've also been married for quite a long time now. I have, yeah. Coming up to 12 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Do you remember wine being part of the early part of your relationship? Like dating, good wine, was that was that around? I think it was probably more food than anything. She uh, does because love food. She does love food. She? We, we both love food and we both love to cook. And I think when she, when she came to my house for the first time and she realised I had as many cookbooks as she did, um, Fell in she, love. Was like, she was like, okay, <laughs> this could... <laughs> and then when like, she saw that I actually read cookbooks sometimes in bed as well, she was like, oh my God, I'm, this guy's this guy someone I can really understand. So... And I think naturally by that extension, people who tend to really be into food are also into wine. And I think a lot like, you know, she, her, her, um, she comes from a, a lineage of, of people who really understand wine as well. Mm. You know, her grandfather really, he'd, he, had, he really understood and, and adored wine. And um, I definitely didn't come from that kind of background. There was, there was not like a great knowledge of wine, but an, appre- an appreciation of, of, of good things if, if we were able to get them. So, um, but I, I do feel as though, again, that exposure in my career to just being in a place where they go, are you interested in going to this vineyard and trying what yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm a curious person and I will go and I will try things and um, I will enjoy them. So tell us yeah. a bit about the vineyards you've been to. So you went to one in the Napa Valley. Yes. Which must have just been... Opus One. Mm. Opus One, yeah. exactly. Mm. Michael Salachis. And And any others in Europe? So um, there are others. So I, I went to one in San Sebastian, oh. uh, near San Sebastian, yes. and uh, I'm I'm afraid I'm I'm blanking on the on the the name in the region. But um, 
we uh, toured uh, the vineyard and then yeah. we had uh, lamb chops cooked over uh, d- uh, vine uh, yes. uh, vines. Wow. Over the vine cuttings. Over the vine yeah, cuttings, yeah. yeah. Wow. And again, that, that experience was paired with the wine and the guy who runs the vineyard is like a surfer as well. Yeah. And it just, it, it had no kind of, had none of the kind of stuffy connotations exactly. at all. It was just, it was just enjoyable and it was a great thing about life. It was a great life moment. And it's a simple moment. It's done well. It's like yeah. if you just pulled out, you know, you know, I don't know what, you know, you just, Planets, so you start playing mm-hmm. and you gig, and it's not like you've gone to a concert hall or something like that. But I think the Europeans do that so well. Yeah. It's the lack of, um, it's the lack of, uh, of, it's the uncomplication of things yeah. because actually this is complicated enough. Yeah, what's going on yes. in this glass? Couldn't agree more. And so you don't need to complicate it with with um, with with fussiness. I mean, the big thing I learned when I was learning about wine, and it was a restaurateur that said to me, you know, you don't want a dish that overpowers the wine. And if the wine's, or if you've got a really good dish, you don't want a wine that's screaming, look at me. It's all about compatibility. Isn't compatibility, it? But wow. as we say, you know, with, if, you're, if, if, you're, if you're going around the house, you know, a collection of wine critics, so we're having great wine, we cook very simple food. Mm. And it could be very high quality, but simply done. Yes. Because you want to focus on, on the wine. I think it's amazing when you, you, you go to, to France and you're, you, you ask for a steak yeah. and you get a steak. Yeah. And there's, there's like, you look around and go, well, where's all the other stuff that goes <laughs> yeah. with it? And actually go, oh, this is the meal. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really, I think there's so, there's so much to, there's so much to learn from that. That is funny about, I was going to say about those wine trips. I did, I was at these, um, but pre-COVID I did. You could do sort of 10 day wine tasting trips in France and you'd eat hot meals, you know, lunch and dinner and you'd lose weight. Because, oh, because it's just no, a piece of meat. There's no carbs. Yeah. You just, you just sold the, well. ul- the ultimate <laughs> health holiday. <laughs> it's like Sounds be incredible. Cute. And it's cold outside. It's Christmas. Should we do these? Yeah, why not? Oh, oh wait, wait. So I'll start with Jamie. Okay. And that, did you do this thing where you win if I you really get one side? I really don't want to lose this. So I that, did, and I did lose I've it. I've got the big side. Does that mean I've won? Yeah. Okay. Do you not know how to do a cracker? I didn't know Christmas was a... <laughs> Someone told me that the other day, so I didn't realise crackers were a, were a yeah, competition. I won that one as well. Just winning all I am freakishly strong. It's, it's unusual. Yeah. Yes, there fine. We go. There we go. Right. You've got to have one. Come on. No, yeah, thank you. No, okay. I'm, just on, being, I'm being kind. I've got the weirdest thing in my cracker. What is it's it? literally like two triangles. <laughs> <laughs> it's allegedly a small <laughs> magic trick. I, oh, I thought it was an instrument. Yeah, I mean, we could make it into one. That's what that's what this podcast is about. Our producer is spoiling us today. You could... You, you appear to have two tiny Allen keys. I've, I've got the, yeah. It's Excuse a, me, an Allen key? No, well, well, it's again, no, it's the same. It's a small magic trick. There's not even a joke. Oh, no, oh, there's, I've a, got joke. A, there's joke. a joke. There's a joke. There's a joke. What kind of pet did Aladdin have? God, this a, is a so... Yeah. Just a guess. What do you get if you eat Christmas decorations? Wait a minute. Tinselitis. Correct. Oh, <laughs> very Come good. On. That's actually this, quite funny. Though, isn't it? <laughs> okay. Really Where's wait. your crap joke? No, I've got to find it. I've got to rip this open. I've got. Um, this, this white is absolutely delicious. Yeah. Yeah. This is nice. I've just got a little mini playing card. What, what do you get if you cross Santa with a duck? Uh, father. Father. No, no. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Father Quackmas. Chris. <laughs> Oh, the Quackmas, <laughs> he'd be terrifying, wouldn't he? He'd frighten all the children. Huge, yeah, exactly. <laughs> bird-like yeah. man. But with a beard. With a beard <laughs> like, the, what is it, Will? Put that no, but I think Jamie's going to get it. It's a Christmas quacker. 
Mm. It's not that great, is and it? And then we've got Shiraz, but we can't, we can't, we don't have time. No, we've got wine to drink. But no, I was thank just thinking... You, Merry Christmas, that was lovely. Where are we going next, Will? Where are we fi- where's our you, final destination? I mean, you, you, we, we would hope that our guests would have a, a connection with our final wine. And um, we are, we, we're going to Tuscany. There we go. You didn't e- that wasn't even in the prep notes, <laughs> was it? Um, let's talk about the album. What a picture of you and Sophie on the front, looking so sexy and glamorous in a cab. Lovely. That's the miracle of, uh, in my case, the miracle of the, the camera. Yeah, in her case, uh, not at She's all. She's just nice looking. Do you know, I, uh, um, I wanted to do a non-rubbish Christmas album cover. <laughs> Because <laughs> I think they're always like, so I'm like, kind of looking at them and I go, so oh true. God, I don't want to so listen true. to that. It's so true. You did that. You did so well. Well, thank you. And I wanted to make it a bit like a kind of movie still. And just, you know, one of, a, a great Christmas memory for me is to be in coming back from a really lovely like Christmas party yeah. with the person that you're hopefully in love with. And in my case, I definitely am. And um, I find that's a really romantic. They're, they're some of my favorite kind of Christmas memories. And I just wanted to recreate that, and that. so and yeah, that's really that's that's what we did. It doesn't kind of that. scream Christmas, but it's hopefully no, but it's yeah. totally it screams the season. Mm. Yeah, for sure. You know, what I mean? I'm really glad that that came over, and it was actually it was a really lovely it was a lovely moment because we've been driving around in this old car, and a, a friend of ours was taking the photos, and it was uh, yeah, it was lovely. just really yeah, yeah lovely moment. Yeah. And you recorded the uh, album at Abbey Road. I did. Was that love? I, I love it there. I mean, this is this has now become an amazing part of everyone's PR campaign. It's it's quite amazing, like Abbey Road, but it is, it's the temple of music recording. Yeah. It's an incredible place, and to record there is a gift. And this is right after the first part of the pandemic, and there were sixty-five musicians in Abbey Road doing this, and uh, yeah, I, I felt very lucky. And the first part of this album is ten original songs that I wrote, so I didn't want to do any Christmas classics on the first part and to, to try and write 10 songs that felt very familiar, uh, but brand new. Oh. And so to do that with an orchestra, um, again, we recorded it all live, you know, in the room. Beautiful. It's just, it was a, it, uh, it was a gift, the real yeah. gift. And then this year is all the, I did all the covers that I promised my label. Okay, fine. I did them in my house as well. That's the funny thing. The first part's on Abbey Road, the second part's in my house. Well, you did in the bleak midwinter. Yeah, mm. yeah. That'll get the kids going this Christmas one too. Yeah. <laughs> I love that tune though. Me too, it's a tune. Um, sorry, Will, tell us a little bit about where well, we've arrived. Well, can we talk a little bit about Tuscany? Mm. Because as Jamie uh, sort of hints at, it, 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 it's, a, it's, a, it's a region that gets under your skin, isn't it? Yes. And it's one you can romanticise about. So in terms of wine, you know, that their most famous wine is, is Chianti, but they have these sort of um, rich sort of warming breads. But I've got a quote, though, I thought I might read out, if I may. And it's from, from no, The Rock. No, it's yes, not from no. The Rock. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it's from Alexander McCall Smith, who's a Scottish Oh, author. I like mm-hmm, him. Yes. Yeah, I like him a lot. And he writes about Tuscany, and I thought this would be quite nice. And he writes, um, in Tuscany, you absorb the beauty of the place simply by standing in any of the narrow streets or by standing in the great theatrical main piazza or by simply looking out over the view of the surrounding countryside. An ordered landscape of perfect hills, of tended roads of vines, of small red roof farmhouses where farmers have lived for centuries. Everything has been here for a long time and seems to have found its place. Views uninterrupted by the passage of time unchanged for thousands of years and My it's incredible isn't it? yeah. Yeah. It's, it's what you were saying earlier yeah you're right every, every, you said everything has kind of earned its place there over, over yeah. a long long time I've never been oh 
glorious, beautiful. Why don't we record? Why, we, I we feel like there should be a part two to this podcast yes. wow. in Tuscany. The Jamie Cullen episode, exactly. part two. Give the people what they want, <laughs> I say, you know. Um, Jamie, do you have a favourite from the day? Uh, actually, this white was a real yeah. surprise mm. to me. I really, really enjoyed the that. The classic, yeah. the white burgundy. That the white is, burgundy. Mm. That is kind of blue, though. I mean, that's like the, the, you know, the classic album. So did, did Jamie essentially Miles pick the Miles Davis of the of the pick? Yeah, he did. Of the okay, picks. Great. Yes. Makes sense. Cheers to Christmas. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers to Christmas. wine. Cheers to wine. Jamie Connor, thank you so much for Jamie sharing wine with us like, today. Oh, thanks. I'm sad it's over. I know. It's, it's over. the mince pies yet. It's over. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's it from us today. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Wine Times in association with the Sunday Times Wine Club, produced by Ben Mitchell. You can follow the podcast so you never miss an episode. Just do this via your normal podcast provider. That's it from us today and for the entire series. So thank you so much to all of you who have been on this wonderful wine journey with us. And remember that all of the wines we tasted in these episodes are available from the Sunday Times Wine Club website. And thanks again to my parents for Wadadley Kitchen. And from Makita and I, we wish you a very Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. This is Sandy McCall-Smith again talking about how we romanticise Tuscany. And he says, Is there any harm in harbouring a fond vision of another country? in thinking that there is somewhere on this earth where beauty and music combine to elevate the spirits and make one want to break out into song, or at least pour a glass of Chianti, or Barolo, or even Brunello di Montalcino. Nothing wrong in that. Nothing wrong in that at all. I love that. That's quite moving, isn't it? <laughs> even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.